Welcome to another episode of the Normal Theater Podcast. I'm your host, Bud Savedra Catino. With me today, again, is Vincent Valdez. Welcome back to the podcast. Second time in a row. Uh, We're recording on 30th Street in North Park, parked in front of the office, formerly Scolari's office, and reading Jack the Box, and we're not drinking. And... That's the direction that the podcast has gone in now. We just turn the radio down. We're just fucking recording a podcast in my car. Yeah, it's great. It's pretty good. Uh, we both got buckets of something called Taco Bites. Mini tacos. Mini tacos. That's what it is. Mini tacos. 15 for four bucks. I got the loaded ones. This is pretty disgusting. I opted out of the, the loaded ones because it looked like there was a lot of like hot sauce in the picture. Mm-hmm. So I... There's a lot of hot sauce. Well, I figured I could just put my own sauce or condiments on there. Yeah. Secret sauce. Yeah, you're a big fan of the secret sauce. So... I think. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's really like... I mean, it's got all the ingredients of a Jack and Mox taco. It's, it's pretty much like a deconstructed Jack and Mox taco... Uh, but in like bucket in a bucket. Yeah, like a Chinese uh, takeout. <laughs> yeah, but container. like yeah, like but bigger. Uh huh. It's pretty. Actually, feels like pretty disgusting. And there's something about like the lettuce and the hot sauce and the cheese being on the outside that is actually kind of gross. And but that's kind of funny because there's like we're parked in front of a, <laughs> a nightclub. Uh, on a Friday night, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> recording a podcast, eating Jack in the Box. Yeah, I could care less to go to any of these places. The office, or any of them for that matter. Uh huh. It's just really comfy in the. It's pretty comfy in here. In the car, just eating these tacos. Yeah. Um. Tonight we went to. Lamplighter Theater in La Mesa, where we saw God of Carnage by Yasmina Reza, translated by Christopher Hampton and directed by Tyler Richards Hughes. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. It was entertaining. Yeah, I really liked this one. I gotta take you to like a play that fucking sucks one of these days. This is like the second play that we've done. I've locked out, yeah. You really lucked out, because, you know, Previously, we've had some real bummers. But this one was <clears throat> definitely a lot more um, like enjoyable in the sense that I didn't feel like tense or cringy. <laughs> you didn't think it was cringy at all? No. Not at all. Uh, at first, I thought that it was just going to stay pretty slow, but. It just gradually got more and more interesting. It got like totally ramped up. Yeah. yeah. Um, what did you think about that that uh, theater in general? Well, it's in like a strip mall. <laughs> yeah. Near a trolley stop. At <laughs> mm-hmm. La Mesa. Uh, Nothing to. From the outside, it doesn't even look like a. There would be a theater in there. Isn't it crazy how they do that? It's like an office building or yeah. something. It looks like you'd go. Like. I don't know. Like see a podiatrist, or like get your teeth cleaned or something. Yeah. In there. But yeah, um, our listeners would remember Lamplighter Theater in La Mesa from such episodes as nine. I believe, which is episode number one that I did with Jordan Lopez, where we saw the musical called Nine. Um, I took Jordan and Kevin to see, it was like a night of short plays um, at Lamplighter Theater. 
both of them were big old bummers. And yeah, I've seen a couple other plays there before. And this one was a pleasant surprise. Oh, should be also noted that I auditioned for this play and was obviously denied. Um, how, long, how long ago was that? It was like three months ago or so. So you would have been in this play we saw tonight? Yeah, I auditioned for this particular play. What role would you have? I auditioned for both roles. Mm. I would have done all four roles. Oh. Would have been pretty good. Actually, the director was making a joke about how, like, he's like, I would love to play, like, any of these roles. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> how'd you feel about the crowd at this theater? Just normal? Mm. No nothing out of the ordinary? Very similar to the crowd. <clears throat> We went to uh, uh, 10th, 10th Avenue Art Center. Uh huh. But I think that's just going to be the like ongoing uh, thing. So with most plays we go to, it is elderly, elderly white people, Caucasian white white <laughs> people. Yeah, lots of old white ladies. Mm hmm. Old white ladies are running it. Old white old white ladies are in the audience. Even the young white ladies look like old white ladies. Yes. Who are working there. Yeah. Everyone who everyone just looks like an old white lady, even if they're like not. It just paints. It just kind of paints the the, the picture. Unfortunately. Uh, I sent a picture to my wife to Caroline <laughs> of the crowd before the play started. Oh, yeah, really. And she just responded saying. A room full of Ronnies, <laughs> uh -huh. which is in reference to my mom. So yeah, yeah she kind of nailed it. Just you know, short-haired, elderly white women. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Don't have much going on besides seeing a, some plays. Yeah, it's probably the highlight of their week. And they fucking love this play. Yeah, they were cracking up. Mm -hmm. I I was cracking up, and that's what I was saying. I loved this because I felt like. I was thinking about it while we were watching it. I felt like at times I could <clears> kind of lose myself and felt like I was just watching a television show. Yeah. It felt like I was watching like a comedy sitcom of, of any different, you know, sort. Yeah. I think it's a good point. Yeah. I think, um, I felt that way too. Like I definitely felt sucked into it. Mm -hmm. There was a good suspension of disbelief that I had. Um, I felt very comfortable. I mean, I would go kind of in and out because I was. I'm like, oh, I have to I need to like, you know, critique this play. Yeah. But sometimes I would just enjoy it and really appreciate like just the weird interactions and how things were shifting so quickly between the characters. Yeah. Um, then I was doing another <clears throat> thing where I was wondering to myself if I were to watch television shows that I like in a play form like live in person uh -huh. if I would enjoy them as much as when I watch them on TV yeah or vice versa what if I watched this play we saw tonight <laughs> on TV like it was you know broadcasted and looked like a television show are you thinking like in terms of like Kind of like an everyone loves Raymond sort of like yeah sitcom because those are almost like plays, like shows like that. Yeah, that's kind of how this one had a feel of tonight. Or like Big Bang Theory. Yeah, it's kind of like the perspective is sort of from like a theatrical audience. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it definitely had that feel to it. Of same, almost same similar kind of comedy to it. But, um, yeah, it it was the comedy was like real subtle, and I kind of felt like the timing was off, um, and some of the jokes weren't really landing. But it got like once the tension ratcheted up, and once like certain things happened to just like kind of carry the plot along, yeah, and carry the tension uh, and just the chaos that was like kind of unfolding on stage then it like started to get funnier and funnier. I mean, because it just, it's like such an absurd play. Yeah. And the characters are so like odious, you know? So who was, let's see, it was two married couples. Yeah. And what were their names? The, um, the lawyer was, uh, David Raleigh, I want to say. Okay. It was the Raleigh's and the, 
excuse me, Alan Raleigh, Alan and Annette Raleigh. Alan Raleigh is played by uh, Mike Martin. Annette Raleigh is played by Natalie Bohm. I'm just gonna turn. I'm gonna turn my car stereo off. Yeah. Save, <laughs> save your battery. Why am I doing this? Yeah. <laughs> just playing some fucking like jamming Z90 <laughs> while, while I, we're recording this podcast. I have just pictured us like talking for the next like 30, 45 minutes, and then you looking at your phone and realizing that we weren't even recording. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really worried about that. No, we're no, still we're recording. recording yeah. But this won't record after like an hour. So oh, we, okay. gotta, we gotta make this one like. Yeah. Um, a, a good tight one. Yeah. Um, so, who and who's the other couple? So Annette Raleigh is played by Natalie uh, Bolin. Um, Alan Raleigh is played by Mike Martin, and they're one couple. The other couple are the Novaks. Veronica Novak played by Amy Stanley, and Michael Novak played by Randy Cool. Um, yeah. So you want to? Do you mind running down kind of the premise of this play? Uh. Well, right from the get-go, they are in the Novak's living room. Right. And the Novak's had invited the rallies over to discuss uh, their sons, their uh, 11-year-old sons, right? Uh, That had got in a physical altercation that they... uh, we're kind of debating on what to do about the situation. Yeah, the Raleigh's son, Benjamin. Yeah. Um, the other one was, was Henry. Henry. Henry is the son of the Novaks. Uh, Benjamin is the son of the Raleigh's. So Benjamin hits Henry in the m- mouth with a stick. The ba- bamboo stick? I guess it's a bamboo stick. Okay. I don't know why bamboo stick. <clears throat> and knocks out two of his teeth. Two of his incisors, to be exact. And so they're just sort of... They're, they're just litigating this, this situation, trying to figure out what to do. And it quickly becomes kind of pointless, and they just get sucked into this bottomless pit of just going, like, around and around... And it it just very quickly becomes like based on emotions, yeah, and, and the pe- quality of people's personalities, as opposed to like just the facts and the actions and like how they're going to move forward. And yeah, they're kind of judging each other's parenting skills, and yeah, they're questioning how they're wording things, playing little jokes on on each other. They even uh, mentioned, what did they say? Something about the way that they want to describe what actually happened. Oh, well, it opens with, like, um, actually, I need to look at the character's names again. Michael and, um... Excuse me. us, we're just sh- <laughs> we're just eating Jack in the Box and like watching people walk by on the street. We're just shoveling junk food into <laughs> our mouths. So Michael, and, Michael and Veronica, it's so funny because I could just like be drunk off my ass and do this like twenty times better than just <laughs> eating like sober and eating Jack Box tacos. Yeah, this is pretty good. So Michael and Veronica have like written up like a sort of statement that I'm assuming they want the Raleigh's to sign. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And the first thing is like. Like, okay, Benjamin Raleigh, armed with a stick, uh, you know, hit our son. And Alan Raleigh, who's a lawyer, like, sort of, like, takes exception to, like, the word armed for whatever reason. Yes. And that kind of, like, and that kind of just, like, kicks off uh, just some incredibly awkward tension between the two couples. Yeah. That escalates and de-escalates and just goes kind of all over the map as far as, like emotional, political impact. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Yeah, I think we both really like this play. There's not, not really much to say about it. You know what else I... Um, I really liked was, like, the... Uh, the fact that while you're watching, it wasn't like... I don't know. It seems like in certain plays or theater, when someone's talking or they're the main, you know, 
source that you're you're watching or paying attention to, mm -hmm. everyone else in the room kind of just stops what they're doing mm -hmm. or freezes. Uh -huh. And in this, you kind of you could watch all four of them at, mm -hmm. at a time. Mm -hmm. And that dad, Alan Rally, mm -hmm. he had like a lot of funny facial expressions while the other ones were talking. Yeah, I noticed the whole time here, and it, it would crack me up. His face was, like, insanely expressive. And even when, like... I don't know. Even when he wasn't doing anything or saying anything... Even when he wasn't even having a facial expression, his face still was just, like, really drew your eye. Yeah, he's, like, very, uh... He's very, like, smarmy. He's, like, constantly smirking. Yeah. Almost like a cartoon. Yeah, he looked like a cartoon character, but... Yeah, I really liked... I liked his performance. I think I liked his performance best out of everyone. But I think his character is just, like, the best character in the play. I think everyone else is kind of a horrible person. Like, they make you want to not like him. Yeah, because he's, he's a lawyer. He works for a big pharmaceutical company that's, like, their product is causing all sorts of, like, terrible side effects. And, and he's... Constantly throughout the play is receiving phone calls from his office and from his client. Like, kind of portraying him to be, like, just a husband that <clears throat> neglects his marriage. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, like, mentally checked out. Uh-huh. So it kind of makes you want to not like him. Mm hmm But then towards the end of the play, he's kind of the most reasonable one out of, out of all of them. Because the other husband kind of he's just horrible yeah he like plays this whole i am a great husband and father yeah for the first half and then he just he like tries to be super agreeable with everyone and then he just loosens up starts having some drinks and freaking loses his shit yeah and starts kind of just bad mouthing everything yeah, but, but that's that's what kind of kicked off the like shit show for the the rest of the the play, which was great, because then they all kind of just like or when they start getting drunk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to know what, how, and what they used for the the the, vo the, the vomit. Puke. Yeah, the puke. Yeah. So, yeah, how much? The, the, how did you feel when that happened? Were you like super um, surprised? No, delighted. Uh, kind of knew. Oh yeah, it was awesome. You kind of knew it was coming, right? I see. Yeah. The another thing that I thought was cool too is it felt like, you know, uh, what do they call them now? Four D movies. What's what? A, what's a four D movie? Four <laughs> D is where. Instead there. of 3D, where you like put on the glasses and yada yada and you feel like you're in the movie. They make your seat shake? 4D, the sh seat shakes. <laughs> uh -huh. You can smell different scents mm. that come. Okay. Stuff like that. And I felt like that kind of when we were watching this because they kept spraying that mm. that spray. Could you smell that? Puked. Yeah, I could smell it. Oh, wow, I couldn't smell it. Yeah, I felt like this is like real life 4D movie watching. Okay. I guess in a sense that's what a play is. They're they're, <laughs> they're, uh -huh. actually, they're actually there. So that, that is how a play works. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. I don't know, man. I don't think I can do this in a car. This is crazy. <laughs> I just fucking can't think right now. Are you getting too distracted by uh -huh. There's like weird dweebs on the sidewalk with like their jackets going into the office. Um, so Annette, Annette Raleigh, she's, yeah, describe her character. What is she like? Mm. Or what's the impression that you get about her, like immediately? Slightly like reserved, stuck up you know, a woman that married to a lawyer 
kind of if maybe feels a little slightly entitled. Yeah. Um, She's a little pent up. Uh huh. Like very like very nervous energy. Yeah. And the whole first scene, like, everyone's very awkward. Like, they just don't know what to say to each other. I mean, she gets so worked up that she makes herself puke more than once. Yeah. Yeah, she, like, vomits. She vomits all over the coffee table and then vomits, like, on her husband's pants, like, all over his clothes. So, obviously, she's a very, like, <clears throat> nervous wreck. Yeah. Uh, lady... But towards the end, she ends up, like, really letting loose. Well, obviously, she drank, but... She starts drinking, like, very heavily. Yeah. But she, she ends up letting loose and kind of, you can tell, like, breaks out of her skin of not feeling so nervous anymore. Right. Mm. But, uh, actually, at first, I didn't like her character. And then she ended up being really funny towards the end. Yeah. As far as, like, after she cuts loose and she's just, is like, just drinking really heavily and being crazy. Yeah. She was hilarious. Yeah. Um. Did you, how did you like the acting in this play? I mean, it was, like, the writing was, like, entertaining. The directing, I think, was probably pretty good. Um, but how did you feel about, like, the individual actors' like acting chops? I thought it was pretty, pretty well done where it seemed natural. Did it? For the most part. Yeah. Like, not too over the top. Like a television show, but not to where they're, like, going out of their way to, like, make expressions or... Yeah, they weren't being super hammy. No. I thought the guy that played, um, Michael, I thought his... I thought he was a little hammy. I, I thought there was, like, certain... I don't know, I could... I wasn't entirely transported uh, into not thinking that I was, like, watching a play. Yeah. Like, I kept on being like, oh, this is an actor, this is an actor in, like, a regional theater, you know? Yeah. I don't think anyone was, like, an amazing over-the-top actor, I wouldn't say. When and he, I'm not saying that because I auditioned for this play and got denied. I'm just saying that because I do feel that he way. Did, he was, out of all the four of them, he was the most hammy, yeah. I would guess you would say. Um, especially when he was, like, answering those phone calls from his mother. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it wasn't entirely believable. Oh, is this car going to hit you? Yeah, do it. Do it. Do it. Came really close. <laughs> um, I, like, backed into a really nice car the other day, just like that. It was, like, like an Infiniti or something. Oh, no, it was, like, a Mercedes. Or, or no, it was a Lexus. Mm. The guy gets out, and he was, like... Oh man, you had so much room. Oh wow, someone saw you. He was, the dude was sitting behind the behind the <laughs> wheel. He's like, you had so much room up there. What's, what's what are you doing? At least he, like, he was like cool about I was it. Like, I was like, you're fine, bro. Yeah, he was fine. I remember one time doing that in like the Rite Aid parking lot in Hillcrest. Uh huh. And the guy getting out and just like really getting like worked up and pissed off at me like 1 p.m. about it and well like wanted my insurance and yada yada and I just like got to the point where I just couldn't take him seriously anymore. <laughs> and I just started laughing because really? there was no there was nothing yeah to like get all worked yeah. up about there was literally no like as if it didn't happen there was no marks or anything yeah. and he finally was just like well, obviously you find this just hilarious, and I was like, "There's nothing to like." <laughs> There's and, nothing to report. And here. he finally just gets back in his car and takes just, off, like, drives away. Yeah. Are you at the bottom of your bucket of tacos yet? I finished them. Yeah. I'm, I'm... Oh, and there's one hidden curly fry in here. Nice. I love those. This is pretty good. It was too much though. This bucket of mini tacos. It's like if you had a hard day. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a hard day? You want to eat your feelings a little bit? Come on down to Jack in the Box and yourself. I hope no one sees you in line at the drive-thru. Chinese takeaway container of mini tacos. A bucket, a bucket of tacos. 
It's like the equivalent of like I would say three tacos. Think so? Yeah. Hmm. I liked mine because it was just the top. I I personally, if I ever order tacos from Jack and Box over the years, if you ever, I I don't tend to go to Jack and Box as often as I used to, oh which boy. was like all the time, daily at a time. <laughs> that's a, that's not good. But your wife was like, "Fuck no, get out of here." No. But uh, I order my tacos from Jack in the Box with no sauce and sometimes no lettuce either. Hmm. You don't like the lettuce? It's like slimy. It's fucking slimy. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, and I'd say it's somehow the sliminess is okay when, when it's in the taco. But I gotta say, when it's like outside the taco. It's not that good. No. I don't know that I would do this bucket of tacos again. I Maybe might go. You like the regular ones. I might. <laughs> plain. I might, I might go regular mini, mini tacos. Yeah. Um, okay. I feel sufficiently shameful now. So, your favorite character was. Alan. Alan. Alan's my favorite character. I think the actor was my favorite actor, too. Um, I guess it's kind of hard because, like, all of these characters are just horrible characters. I mean, they're well-written characters, but they're just horrible people, and you just automatically dislike them. You dislike them from the beginning. Yeah. I, for some reason, really liked, uh, just because her character was consistent throughout the whole play. It was Veronica Novak. Veronica Novak. Ronnie was your favorite yeah. character. Uh, she, and I think I just realized why. She kind of reminded me, especially when she started to get worked up, kind of reminded me of, of Elaine from Seinfeld. Oh, she did have an Elaine from Seinfeld thing going on. Yeah. I don't know if it was her hair. Did she look like Elaine? Slightly. Slightly. And like, would have those like crazy outbursts. Mm -hmm. Like she would like, shove her husband and totally yeah yeah she would shove yeah she would shove her husband in the same way that like same like body mechanics as Elaine would like shove Jerry yeah get out yeah, yeah she does that like. exactly uh but yeah I liked her she kind of had this other like like you almost but now it makes sense Elaine from Seinfeld because the whole time I was watching I was like why does this person like remind me of another character mm. that felt familiar yeah yeah I would say that the weird little sight gags I would say just the way this play was directed yeah like you said like reminded me of a TV show which for people who don't really like theater is really good or people who aren't used to theater yeah is really compelling because it just yeah I felt like it kind of at home yeah it was relatable it was very relatable yeah like like it would be a comfy starting place for uh, a play beginner <laughs> like yourself. attendee like myself. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's fast paced and people are getting wasted and like throwing up on the coffee table, throwing shit around, being really chaotic. Yeah. It's just funny, easy, easy to watch. You, you kind of have to follow pretty well but like not too crazy yeah um did you catch that um there's stacks of books on stage and one of them was uh idiot's guide to philosophy which I, I was think... trying to like lean forward and see see them but I, mm, I couldn't see you might more. not have been able to see yeah from your point of, point of view there was a few white hairs in front of me <laughs> were blocking my vision everywhere um and I did notice because uh, Veronica Novak is really into African. Does everything have yeah, to do with Africa? Yeah, like African history. Yeah, and, she's and writing arts. a book. She's writing a book on Darfur. Yeah, and there was like, uh, if you looked on like the far right wall, there was a, a a table over there, and on that table there was like some sort of like. Very stereotypical looking uh, African culture book with like a young kid with huge like ear, ear piercing ear plug yeah. things. Narenge. Narenge? <laughs> <laughs> Narenge? I have no idea what you're talking about. 
I don't know. Maybe that's a tribe in Africa. I don't know. <laughs> I just thought of the word merengue. <laughs> you just made up a fake uh, African tribe? Yeah. Merengue? Merengue, I think, is a... Type of music. Type of music? Or an instrument? A type of an instrument? Merengue. <laughs> I have no idea. Good. Solve, solve that problem. Uh, oh, look at this guy. With the, like, plaid shirt with the sleeves ripped off. Oh, wow, yeah. And a cowboy hat? Yeah. Is it, is it country night? He's got big guns, too. Who knows? Who knows? Look at how strange San Diego is on a Friday night compared to what it was like, you know, when we were growing up here. Yeah, especially this block in particular. Uh huh. The crowd is definitely in their, like, early to mid 20s. Uh huh. This is where young people go. Like, I would feel old. <laughs> we would be old. We are yeah. old. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying well, these plays. I really am in, enjoying them. Uh, maybe I'm just getting lucky on the two that I've been to. You're, you're getting lucky. I'd really like to take you to some some big flops. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like them. Yeah, that's fantastic. Trying to become a play guy, I guess. You're, a play, you're totally a play guy. Either. So... Yeah, what did you think? We can kind of make fun of the director a little bit if you want, if you'd be interested. But just just the the way he the what he looks like. So when I auditioned for this play, and I why I don't know why I'm just throwing shade at like some like nice director who actually like reached out to me and gave me some nice tips. But oh, so you had met him before? I auditioned with that guy. Oh, okay. For this play. Yeah. Uh, and I should say. Why am I? Why am I just talking shit? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was a really funny experience, and it made me want to like write a play from the perspective of someone sitting in the audience at a, on a at an audition. Oh, okay. Because yeah. just like the dynamic of sitting in the audience, you have this dude. What was he wearing tonight? He was wearing a long. Okay, San Diego in the winter is like sixty degrees. Yeah. Maybe 55. Instead of what, like tonight, I think tonight, La Mesa's a little bit colder. But let's see if we can get the thermometer up here. 62 degrees Yeah. tonight. La Mesa's not much colder. He's wearing like a plaid wool scarf. He was wearing a full length, like wool overcoat. Uh huh. Horn rim, like horn wire rim glasses. Uh huh. Uh, yeah, like a long plaid scarf, uh, button-down shirt with, like, a sweater. Mm hmm Maybe just a sweater vest, I hope. Yeah. And a fucking bow tie. <laughs> yeah, the bow tie with the scarf was just... That was it. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it... That's, yeah. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler Richards Hughes. He's a really nice guy. So I, I auditioned, and, and then, uh, they're like... I'm sorry, but we can't. We just couldn't. And I emailed back, and I was like, hey, would you give me notes? And he was really nice. He was, like, very generous with his time to like, oh, give nice. me notes on what I could kind of work on as yeah. far as, like, my resume and and uh, my headshots and just things to practice for next time. Yeah. And, yeah. and places to go to get cast and stuff and get a little bit more experience. Um, how many people do you think auditioned for the play? It was a two-night audition thing, and I went the second night, and it was, like, me and two other dudes, uh, one guy who was younger than me and one guy who was older than me. Maybe, like... And it wasn't the, either of the guys you, you saw no, tonight? No, no. Would you have recognized them, probably? Yeah, for sure. And it was the audition at Lamplighter? It was, it was on stage right there. Oh, nice. And then it was, like, a handful of women... So this is kind of in like interesting too for you to watch because you have that different perspective. Too. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to see how it's going to turn out. How long is like an audition? Like, so you just do like a snid bit of a, a snid a snid bit. So uh, typically, I, I haven't really done many auditions. I've done just a couple at this point. But typically, you go and you have like. 
um, a monologue that you do, uh-huh. and then they have you do like a cold reading, and which is just like a, a snid a snidbit of, of, of the, the script. actual play. Yeah. yeah, and you can usually email ahead of time and say, "Give me." I should know the word for it. leads. There's a word for like just give me a portion of the script that you uh, like have this, so you can like practice. you could prepare yeah. ahead of time. And if you want to be crazy, you can like memorize. Ah. Whatever, like whatever they give you. Yeah. Like one dude had it memorized. Ah. Um. And so, so you do your own monologue, and like that's like something like my mono. I have a monologue that I memorized that I've known for like a few years now. Yeah. And um, I think. I'm glad I didn't do the monologue. Well, and so because I know it so well, it portrays me as a far better actor than I actually am. Because I like can, can kind of cry and get kind of weepy during it. Uh-huh. But I'm not. I'm I'm not a good actor. I don't have any experience. And I just don't have the strength. Yeah. So yeah, that's like the one play I did. I think they like kind of wrote me into like a much bigger part than yeah. <laughs> was warranted yeah. for my skill level. But anyways, um, yeah, but so at this, uh, for this play, we went and just did cold readings. Yeah. And so I went up and I read a monologue, and then I read, like, a couple scenes, and uh, I probably, um, no one said good job at all afterwards. That's not cool. (laughs) But I was walking out with the other actresses, like, hey, you did a good job! And they're like, thank you! I'm like, that's it. Mm. No, No one, you know, so that's all right, though. Yeah. I don't. I don't have a lot of experience. I really. It, it's. It's an art, and it uh, takes a lot of practice. Yeah, just keep at it. I, guess. <laughs> I think I'll just stick with the podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he looked so. But it was a very funny thing to experience because, like, he looks and sounds like a small town like theater director uh-huh. um, and when we walked in tonight he was just like kind of like down like at the bottom of the audience just like chit chatting with some old ladies like being like really charming yeah yeah it felt it felt like waiting for Guffman uh-huh. that's kind of how it felt but uh, but yeah and he was and it was like him and like like the stage director or the stage manager and like the props technical director we're all there, and, like, one woman was like, well, we're just a couple of crazy redheads, so don't mess with us, and, like, it was just, like, weird, kind of, like, what you think of as, like, stage dork, yeah. and here I am just throwing shade all over, like, <laughs> this fucking local community theater uh, professionals, but um, just watching him interact with one of them, and I think it, at, at one point he was, one of them, he was like, uh, I forget, uh, I forget what it is, and, like, one of the ladies was like, uh, I believe it's this is what you're thinking of, and he's like, see, that's why I'm dating you, because you always can come up with, like, all the answers, and mm. I was like, really, bro? <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Like, why are you, why? Why are you doing this? Yeah. Uh, so very much theater dork, uh, central. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, hate to judge a book by a cover, but yeah, you look like it. Uh, and, and again, I must stress, he was incredibly helpful with me. Yeah. When I asked for yeah. for, for tips. Um, you know, another thing I was wondering. So, the last play we saw, the, the props were not. They looked like something you could just move in there into this uh, playroom, like within 30 minutes. It was just like, you know, those sheets. And, oh, uh, yeah. That look like just shit you could buy from like Home Depot or Target. <clears throat> yeah, but tonight it was like a full built-in like living room, like the walls and everything, but they weren't part of the actual foundation or structure of the room. Right. So did they just move those in or build them, build it into there? What yeah. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. So the difference between this production and uh, Nervous Theater Company's production of The Maids, which is what we saw, yeah, like not but a couple weeks ago, yeah, is that that production is like a traveling production. Yeah. So they're like on tour. Yeah. So that's the reason that they have like a very pared down sort of like uh-huh. bunch of props. Yeah. Um, whereas like yeah something like what they do here is yeah they like will fucking build walls and run electrical conduits so you can like plug in your fucking hair dryer and you know run lighting and all that stuff yeah and that was that was really impressive was yeah 
what they did with such a small stage. Yeah. Because that stage is smaller than what we saw at 10th Avenue Art Center. Yeah. For sure. Like half the size. Yeah. I've seen other plays, like when we saw Nine there, Nine was like a very bizarre stage. It was just steps that looked kind of like old and moldy. Uh Uh-huh. And that's it. It was like very, it was very strange and very minimal. But yeah, this was like really well done. I I really, I I like the stage. I like the lighting. Um, It was very believable as like, I don't know, like Gen X people who live in New York in like the 2000s, early 2000s, I want to say. Yeah. Like every time they would leave the room, it made, it actually was believable. Like it made you to believe that they Mm -hmm. were in another room in the house. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Great set design. Yeah. Great lighting. It was uh, weird that when the play was over, they just walked off the stage and didn't come out and do a bow, uh, I which thought, I, I really appreciated. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. I was not prepared to do a fake standing ovation. Yeah. Which just seems so obligatory these days. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. He just threw the pillow at his face, and then the <laughs> lights went out. That's it. And it was over. But the lights went out, and it was just like, you had this like eerie feeling of like perpetuity, where like it was like... He threw he uh, Alan throws a pillow in Michael's face, and then the lights go down, and they're just standing there awkwardly. And yeah. You're like, these people are in purgatory. Like, these people are in hell. They're yeah. never going anywhere. Like, yeah. they're never their children never came home. They're never leaving this apartment, because their their whole the nature of their whole conflict was like so circular, that like it was constantly just going around and around and around, and like they were constantly like just tripping up and finding themselves stuck in these like yeah so the way it ends it makes you think like perfectly worded purgatory like they're just stuck there forever (laughs) Forever. (laughs) and that's the end of their yeah because alan keeps on trying alan has to go to work he's like keeps on trying to leave yeah and he keeps on getting sucked in and by the end of it he wants to be sucked in he wants to like oh yeah they like yeah they got like real like comfy took their shoes off yeah um yeah, no, I, I, uh, everything about it was great. It was definitely great. Yeah, I thought it'd be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see it again. I've never done this, but I really would like to like go see a play and then like see it a second time and just like compare and contrast the different ones. It's, ex- it's oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's that's kind of a a good way to think of it too. It's just like seeing the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a different performance every time. Yeah. Were you, I was totally digging the lady that we were sitting next to who was just by, by herself. She was like a young person. She was on your side. On obviously. my side, yeah. Yeah, I didn't notice her. She was like a young, nice-looking person who yeah. just was watching the play by herself. I noticed there was quite a few even older people that were by, by themselves there. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, <laughs> Rachel was making fun of me. I was like, I'm going to go see a play by myself. Yeah. Uh, I've been checking out like when we've been going the different plays coming up and I'm like starting to get kind of excited to like look up different plays. Oh wow. Yeah. I'm gonna Matilda's coming up and I wanna take my wife to that. But uh, that is gonna be a musical. That's gonna be like just a, a lot of singing. So yeah, you saw that in the back of, of this book. Yeah. Where is that playing? Matilda at the Coronado The Coronado Playhouse. Playhouse. Good. Well, you better get on getting those tickets because that's that runs the 17th through the 23rd. Yeah, January 17th to February yeah. 23rd. Yeah, it's only a couple more weeks, a few more weeks. Yeah, Matilda. I like that. That movie's pretty good. It has a. I feel like oh, we were just watching. Have you seen Matilda? Is it a Christmas movie? No. It's about. Um, this like family where the, the little girls just like really like just she's just really like has a lot of character and I think it was like an option that Rachel's dad was trying to get us to watch while we were up there for Christmas and he was like oh just watch like a little bit of it and see if you like it and I was like drunk and I was like this is like too weird I, can't, I don't think I can watch it's it it's like from the I want to say late 90s yeah um dude, dude my, my car ain't worth shit your car's nice run into it 
the parents are just like really crazy and don't pay attention to their kids. The one scene I saw was like the little girl. Matilda's like really just centric and just like. But she's like having a conversation with some like adult dude and seems very like flirty and like sexually charged. <laughs> for, some, for some reason. <laughs> I don't know about that. She. That was the one thing I remember. She's got like a big imagination and she. Like they're talking very close to each other and they're sitting on a windowsill. Huh. She like pulls pranks on her dad because he's just a big jackass and he's played by uh, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito is Matilda's dad? Yeah. Crazy. That's a surprise. Yeah. Okay. Danny DeVito. Let's let's wrap up this play. <laughs> Wait, okay, so was there anything bad about this play? What what what, what would you have changed? Um, There's gotta be something bad about it. It's a fucking play. trying to think I mean it wasn't anything particular that was that bad what would you say um yeah I would say the acting wasn't as like the acting reminded me frequently that they were acting in a play I guess at times but it was like at first it was like the woman playing Annette I guess it felt a little wooden at first but then it was purposely supposed to be wooden yeah the beginning of the play yeah the only one that I really got that feeling from was the the husband the Novak husband Michael yeah him and then at times the the Annette woman but the yeah, other, well, the other two did really well. I thought the guy who played Michael, he he comes off as kind of like effeminate, which yeah. like in theater, like I, I think it just is the case that you you'll find effeminate men playing who play like straight masculine roles. Yes, and I think it's it's just hard to get around. Yeah, at times, because uh, it doesn't seem as believable. I suppose that kind of throws a wrench in the gears. Yeah. I did notice that, um, I don't know if you, he didn't have any makeup on, but, uh, I did notice that Alan had some, like, some sort of powder foundation. Oh, really? I think to just, like, take down, he looked like he was hitting that age where he has, like, really, like, pink, reddish, like, skin, like. For sure. He may drink a lot on (laughs) in his real life. Sometimes white people just get the pink skin. Yeah. Sometimes you just can't help it. It's that like leathery kind of look to him. I get that. So I think they kind of just powdered powdered him down. Sure. Wasn't so leathery looking. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I would say the only thing, yeah, my only complaint was the acting was a little wooden at times. But I, I did think that, yeah, the actor who played... Alan, yeah, he's probably my favorite. Even though, like, his face was, like, almost too expressive, almost too extra, mm-hmm. um, it just was, like, a delight to behold for some reason. Even even his his face, like, at rest was just, like, just even expre- expressive when he wasn't trying to be expressive. Yeah. And it was good. It was, I thought it was really good. I Which was, made, like, made the play that much more interesting when it was kind of dull and boring to watch yeah. at the beginning. But yeah, you're. I, I think you're right. Like, there was a lot of little micro expressions going on for all the characters at all times. Yeah, and that's. I think that is probably what lent um, the play like an air of like it just pulled you in and you. It was very believable and very yeah. compelling. Kind of like when you're watching a TV show and you feel like, oh, if I watched this again or a movie, I'm gonna pick up on what another character was doing. Like in the background. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, there was always something to look at. Yeah. It, it's true. It was never boring. No. I mean, I, 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 st- I, I, I had up, I had this project, I pushed this project along and I like plays, but it, still like throughout plays all the time, I'm like, when is this going to fucking end? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Is it over yet? I think timing wise though, it was pretty, pretty well done. Yeah, it was 90 minutes. Yeah. It's a good story. Yeah. There's lots of cursing. When you like when you like are irreverent and cursed like that, 
You make all the old ladies laugh like crazy. Yeah. They, all the old white people love it when you like cut loose. And there was one particular lady in the front row that was laughing at almost everything from the moment the play started. Yeah. And she was the only one laughing in the whole crowd. <laughs> <laughs> was she also the one who was like, I feel like there's a lot of like commentary going on from the front of the front row. Like, yeah. Do you see that? Yeah. Oh, it's look what it says. Yeah. I really am bummed that we missed out on that raffle too. Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah. I'm sorry, I should have I should have reminded you. But yeah. yeah, she didn't. I don't know where we were. And there was nice refreshments beforehand. This play house was really nice. Definitely like didn't feel like one when we went in, but it was really nice. They had like some cookie refreshments. Yeah. And, cookies. Yeah. Little mini bottled waters. Uh-huh. Which is not that good for the environment, but it was a nice touch. And kind of pointless. Those waters are just little tiny the tiny ones. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I've been talking about it for a while. I think I'm going to try and volunteer with those people. Yeah, you should. Try and, you know. I, like, pictured while they were talking about that, me just, like, signing you up. <laughs> <laughs> Which you like to do all the time. Periodically. Periodically. For years. All right, so you would go back to Lamplighter Theater. It sounded like you liked the place. I liked Lamplighter Theater, yeah. yeah I liked it. Uh, I liked it more than the one downtown. One downtown just didn't seem too, like, comfy. I liked that play we saw there, but, like, seating-wise, it wasn't, like, the comfiest. Because it's, like, a weird... Well, we also sat... The seating arrangement was strange. Yeah. Where we sat. Yeah. But I saw a play there that was, like, more like what we saw tonight. The yeah. structure and the setting. Well, I guess this is just opening the doors for more and more... <laughs> plays and I, I really gotta I, I I'm like turning people into people who like plays now yeah and this this podcast is supposed to be about people who don't like plays oh gotta start finding shittier ones <laughs> <laughs> alright does that wrap up the play do you have anything else to say add no, about this play no, no, no we fucking did it yeah it's been another episode of the normal theater podcast Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming on. Good night, guys.